Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is John Van Lunen, and you are listening to Treasures of the Outer Banks. And I am flying solo today, and I'm going to take uh, some time to talk about Hurricane Bonnie, 1998 Hurricane Bonnie. And those of you who know me know that I am married to a Bonnie, so this hurricane was uh, a little apropos, I guess you could say. Uh, it was, like I said, 1998, and... In 1997, we we moved down here and we're, we were kind of lining up to buy the business, but it was kind of a, a summer of training for John. I was still working for the current owner, Bill Miles, and I know this sounds crazy, but I was kind of hoping that we would have a hurricane that summer so I could see what it was all about. And unfortunately for my timing, not unfortunately for everybody else, obviously, because nobody enjoys having a hurricane, but... Unfortunately for my training and timing, I was unable to get a dry run, so to speak, of a hurricane. And in 98, I took over the business. Of course, there comes hurricane. And it made it even better that the hurricane was named Hurricane Bonnie. So I'll back up just a little bit. And Bonnie gave birth to our our first child, Olivian, on... Uh, August 19, I should probably be able to quote that a lot faster. I don't know why I had to look at my notes for that, but it was August 19. And Hurricane Bonnie made landfall uh, just outside of Wilmington, North Carolina, Carolina, Category 2. And that was, I believe, August 27. So our daughter is just a week old and a hurricane is bearing down on us. So... Hurricanes and water sports businesses don't go well together. You have so much equipment. First of all, the timing and just the, the, the unfortunate timing of your income because you have to shut everything down. And it's not like you're shutting down for a couple hours. You're shutting down for a couple of days and maybe a week. Uh, and God forbid you have damage, then you're cleaning up and you know trying to fix things. So anyway, we have this newborn baby and the hurricane's coming and I am reaching out to Bill Miles asking him what to do and he gives me good instructions and I have a pretty good crew and and we are busting our butts to get everything pulled out and the other thing about uh, a hurricane and water sports is you know because of the seasonal nature of the business you are trying to squeeze as much out of the business as you can so you kind of play this little game of chicken to keep the jet skis in the water as long as possible to keep generating some revenue. And at the same time, you're packing away other things. So your, your, your staff is getting stretched pretty thin because, you know, you're trying to make some money, but you're trying to do some storm prep at the same time. And the funny thing about the, the prep for this storm was, you know, some of my employees who, you know, they're not, most of them are not local, so they've never been through this before. And they're looking at me and, and wondering what they should do. And I don't know what they should do because I don't know what I'm going to do. This is the first for me. And, you know, the big question is, you know, should you stay or should you go? Again, I didn't know what to tell them. I wasn't sure if we were going to leave right away. But it, it became clear pretty quickly that we had a newborn child. And the smart, prudent thing was to do was to, to leave, to evacuate. So we are prepping the business. We're pulling things out. And it's just exhausting. I mean, it's late in the year. You're already tired in general. And then you add this onto everything else, and it just becomes even more exhausting. And, of course, 
you know, the trailers and just getting stuff out of the water and just, you know, battening down out all the hatches. And you got to think to yourself, okay, anything that I don't want blown away has to be taken down. Even little things like flags. You might think, what's the big deal? It's a flag. Well, they cost money, you know, and if you leave them out there during a hurricane, you're not going to have anything left when you're done. So little things like that. And like the buoys that we marked the jet ski area with, you have to pull those things in. And it's just, it's just this big drill of pulling everything out and batting down the hatches. So we, back then we had a fenced in yard in Kurtuck County, a little town called Harbinger. So we would have to drive across the Wright Memorial Bridge, pick up a trailer, bring it back to Duck, load it up, and then take it back to um, Harbinger, uh, to the yard. Now, my, our house, it could fit a few trailers, and, and we did put a few trailers there, but we didn't have enough room for everything. So, And you try to get an early start, and you try to get your trailers in position early so you don't have to go across the bridge as many times. Because once the traffic starts backing up, you are dead. And that's what exactly what happened with Hurricane Bonnie. Eventually, the local government calls for an evacuation of all tourists. You know, They, they send the tourists out first, and then, then they start trying to kick out the locals if they can get any of them to leave. But once once the tourists start hitting the road, forget it. I mean, you're just going to sit in traffic, and that's exactly what we did. It was, it was a, a gigantic pain. You know, we live in Southern Shores. The business is in Duck, and in Duck is just a, a natural bottleneck on a good day. And then you add all these evacuees trying to get out at the same time, and it's it is a hundred times worse. So, but we go back and forth, go back and forth with the trailers, and we're we're getting it done. Um, as best we can and I think we do a pretty good job so we're getting down to the nitty-gritty we got the business all buttoned up and in the middle of this my mom well before we heard about a hurricane my mom shows up to help us take care of the baby but she's starting to watch the news and she's the I can tell the anxiety level is going up on her and it, right in the middle of all this drama of packing up the business she comes out and says, I have a map and I'm leaving. And it was just kind of funny. Uh, she picked the worst time to leave because the traffic was really bad at that point in time. And it was just the extra drama. But she probably thought that she was going to help us more by getting out of there. And she was probably right. So um, because, you know, we were just we were struggling to take care of ourselves, much less uh, uh, my mom throw my mom into the mix. And uh, you got a whole nother ball game. But anyway, so. So she leaves, we pack up the business, and we decide that we're going to leave. But before we leave, we got to take care of our house. And okay, so you start putting away things that might fly away in a storm, any lightweight outdoor furniture, that type of thing. And then we decide, well, let's get some plywood and, and board up the house um, just for safekeeping. And, and again, we've never done this before. So Bonnie runs to the local lumberyard. Remember back then there was no... Home Depot, there was no Lowe's, but there was a Guy C. Lee, and that's the local lumber yard. They're still in, in existence, and she runs there to get some plywood. Well, the only thing they have is three-quarter inch pressure-treated plywood, and I swear to you, this stuff is about 75 pounds a sheet. It is the heaviest stuff in the world, and I had to carry this stuff by myself up three flights of stairs to the top deck. You carry it out on the deck, and from the outside, you're screwing this into your house, 
into the trim to cover up your glass windows or, or sliding glass doors and stuff like that. And because you're covering up the doors, then you got to climb out the, the outside of the deck to the next level um, and, and repeat the process. So very exhausting, very stressful. And I don't think maybe, you know, maybe now that I think about it, maybe we did leave that night after I finished boarding everything up. Because we got a late start. I think it was dark when we left. And it's still not raining, you know. The, the rain hadn't come yet, so there was still some time. And by the way, if you are if you ever feel like you're on the Outer Banks and you're going to get stuck here for a hurricane, if it hasn't started raining yet, you're going to be okay. And that's what we found. And by the time we left, the traffic was all gone. There was no more traffic, so we just sailed off the Outer Banks. And we started heading to Charlottesville, Virginia. We lived in Charlottesville for three years up until the spring of 97. So it made a lot of sense. We still had a lot of friends there. And we're getting four hours away from the beach. And we thought that was a good buffer zone. And it was. So we leave at night. And we get to Williamsburg, Virginia and have to stop and stay at a, a motel. Because we are just too exhausted to go any further. And granted, that's only two hours away. Um, we couldn't make it the full four hours to Charlottesville. We were just too tired. But the next day, the rain started coming in, and it wasn't even that crazy. Um, we drive the rest of the way to Charlottesville. Some friends of ours take good care of us, put us up for a couple of nights. And it might have been just another 24, 36 hours, and everything was fine again. So we pop around town, say hi to some friends, and then we come back home, and nothing had happened. I mean, there was no damage whatsoever. Uh, our, our part of the Outer Banks was generally unscathed and but you know that was our first experience you know we, we did we get caught up in the hype a little bit yeah but we did have an infant child and we didn't want to be stuck on the outer banks with no power or anything like that because that would have been a that would have been a huge nuisance for us so the story doesn't end there though so we get back and you know it's the end of august and you know we get through labor day but at some point, and I can't remember the exact day that she left, but Bonnie had a new job at University of Tennessee in Chattanooga. Uh, she had a brand new PhD, and and she you know, this was kind of her, you know, first real job with a PhD. And she has to pack up, and so I'm still busy working. I'm working six or seven days a week, and she's got to pack a few things for the apartment that we rented in Chattanooga. Um, it wasn't a full-on move, but, you know, we were going to grab a few things just to have a, a little home away from home in Chattanooga. So she gets a U-Haul, packs it up. She gets one of those dollies where you just put your front tires on and tow your car along behind you. Um, she drove a little Subaru back then, and she had everything packed up and ready to go. She puts the truck in drive, and it goes about three feet. And the tires to the Subaru lockup. Well, nobody told her this at the U-Haul, but apparently vehicles like a Subaru, and I think it's an all-wheel drive thing, all four wheels have to get off the pavement or it just won't freely roll. So, so the professionals at U-Haul were unable to give her the warning. She has to take it back, take the dolly back to U-Haul, get a trailer, come back, drive the trailer up, and drive the Subaru onto the trailer, and and now she's ready to go. She's got the baby strapped in the uh, car seat in the passenger side. She's got her formula ready to go. She's got snacks, and it's about a 12-hour drive to Chattanooga. It is not easy. And she was she did it all in one shot. Um, she just kept driving. Um, 
and just kept feeding that baby <laughs> and hit, and made it all the way out to Chattanooga, moved into the apartment all by herself and, and got settled in. Uh, pretty pretty amazing. That Monday morning, she dropped off Olivia at a child care center um, with a lady she had never met face-to-face. She had only spoken to over the phone. So that was uh, kind of a leap of faith right there. So about a month goes by. I shut down the business uh, at the end of September. Uh, it takes me about a week to winterize everything and pack it up. Um, pack up the house, kind of button up the house, get it kind of semi-winterized and ready for us because we're probably not going to come back for a few months. And I, I remember it was a Sunday because Bonnie had to work that following Monday. And I drove, I did the drive out to Chattanooga, 12 hours. And... It was, it's a long drive. I get in at night in Chattanooga. Bonnie, you know, says hi, hands me the baby and says, oh, by the way, she's going to wake up at 2 a.m. This is how you feed her. Here's the diapers. Then she's going to wake up at, I don't know, 6 or 7 a.m. and repeat the process. And, and that was my introduction and instructions for taking care of a baby. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> and the rest of the year was pretty painful. Uh, again, we, we knew nobody in Chattanooga. We made a few casual friends, but we didn't know anybody. So uh, it was not the most exciting year that we've ever had. Um, it, was, it was tough. It was really hard. Um, we, we made a few friends here and there. The nice thing about Bonnie, you know, she because she's an educator, she knew, you know, she always had... Um, young young adults as students and occasionally they would help out from time to time but not often um, I know I started becoming a lacrosse referee in the spring that year I wanted to keep my hand in the sport a little bit and it also allowed me to get out and run around uh, maybe once a week or something like that so I would referee some games in Chattanooga some games down in Atlanta and you know we, we tried our best to get out there's some beautiful mountain biking there um, there's the the river, I think uh, that's the Tennessee River right there, was kind of nice. We brought a kayak with us. I think I took it out maybe a whole two times or something like that. But uh, unfortunately, we were unable to experience everything that Chattanooga had to offer because we were just, you know, young parents with an infant and not a whole lot of support staff around us. So, But we made the best of it. Uh, a year later, Bonnie got another job at Chattanooga. Uh, Bonnie got another job at Old Dominion University, and, and that's where she's been ever since. But for that one year, it was kind of crazy. Uh, just me and Olivia and hanging out by ourselves, <laughs> trying to trying to entertain each other. And, uh, you know, we, we survived like most parents do, but just uh, very apropos. Hurricane Bonnie, first year, first baby, all that ensued was, was definitely a funny experience for us. So that's my little story for today. I hope you enjoyed it. There, there are some more hurricane stories. And if you, you go back to episode 11, you can listen a little bit about um, Butch Stone and I and Hurricane Isabel. That was kind of a crazy uh, situation. Maybe I'll, I'll spend a whole episode on Hurricane Isabel and uh, how bad that was. But um, there's some more there's some more hurricane stories out there. Luckily, there's there's been none this year. And it looks like we might get unscathed. Uh, on the Outer Banks with hurricanes uh, for this year. We'll see how that goes. We've still got a little bit of time left. But hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Hope you enjoyed the, the website. Please, uh, you know, leave me some positive feedback. If you send me an email, by the way, I'm going to answer it. If you send an email to john at treasuresoftheouterbanks.com, 
I'm the guy that answers it. I don't have a team of anybody. It's a team of me. Um, happy to help you guys out. Happy to um, share share all this stuff with you. So feel free to drop me a line, leave a review, share this with other people that you might think enjoy the Outer Banks as much as I do. And if you have any ideas, you, if you want to hear anything, if you want to see anything, let me know. Uh, I can look into it and be glad to uh, do my part. Thanks for popping in. Hope you enjoyed it, and we'll catch you next time.